lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Monday morning, St. Louis. At all parts, north, east, south, and west, we welcome you in. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World Kings Court on kevinslaytonshow.com. I'm Kevin Slayton. We welcome you in. And, of course, you can hear our show broadcast right here on podcast on Spotify, on this on this platform and on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place that you listen to find podcasts. You'll hear ours. We always have our phone lines open for you, 636-348-4460. Hope you had a great weekend. It had to be better than that guy who crashed into the uh, presidential motorcade, right? (laughs) That's not the kind of accident you want to have. All of a sudden, you got Secret Service surrounding you. (laughs) I don't think he did it on purpose. I hope he wasn't uh, driving while impaired. Because if he was, that's going to be the worst sentence ever. You can see video of the poor guy holding his hands up like, I didn't do anything. That's not the kind of accident you want to have. Although, you will have something to tell your grandchildren about, I I assume. Hey, I crashed into the presidential motorcade. Were you trying to get him, Grandpa? No, no, I wasn't. Trump's going to get him. You don't really need to crash into the motorcade. The guy sinks himself every time he opens his mouth. Of course, we're talking about Biden, who when asked why he's losing to Trump in the polls, he mumbled, they're the wrong polls. (laughs) Nice comeback, Potsy. As I said, our phone lines are always open, 636-348-4460. We are one week from Christmas Day. And here in the Midwest, it's disgusting. Christmas Day is going to be 55 degrees. What in the hell is going on? Is there climate change? Must be. That must be it. I am tired of this weather going up and down. It's going to be in the 30s today, in the 50s on Christmas Day. Bring me to Switzerland. I know it's cold there in the wintertime. It's the way it's supposed to be. Give me cold winters, cold Christmas. I don't know if many people remember this, but I remember a Christmas Eve years ago when the wind chill, something like 40 below. It was so cold that if you just went from the front door of your friend's, I, I was at some friend's house making the rounds on Christmas Eve, to the to the front door to your car, you nearly froze. I mean, you had to wrap up, put something around your mouth and your face, and now it's going to be 55 degrees. That's 100 degrees difference. Now, that's insane. Clearly, climate changes every 200 years or whatever, I don't know, every 25 years probably. We see a generational change. It has nothing to do with the nonsense they tell you about. It's just the way it is. But, man, I hate being in this period. Let's hurry up and get back to where we were 30, 40 years ago, huh? 
when it was rightfully cold at wintertime. That's what I want. Cool in the fall. Now we have an extended summer. Indian summer is normal now. But it has nothing to do with John Kerry and his idiocy. All you have to do is study history. They don't do that because there's too much money to make off this nonsense. And by the way, they're making a lot of money off this nonsense. You see where Al Gore has an investment fund and it's been now accused of profiting off industries that he claims are destroying the planet. This is what fraud hypocrites they are. They're unbelievable. They all have financial interest in all the baloney they, they try to pass on as fact. It's pretty sickening, really, when you think about it. But that's Al Gore. He's pretty sickening. Imagine that guy was close to being president. Wow. Imagine Al Gore or Hillary Clinton being president. As bad as Biden is, we could have had those two as well. Good Lord. Thank you for saving us, Father. We would have had those two nitwits. Well, the nitwit-in-chief isn't long for the office, that's for sure. And uh, you know the sad part about America is, and who knows if these polls are accurate, we always say we uh, never believe the polls because they're skewed Democrat, and perhaps that's the reason for what we're hearing now. You know, Trump has a four-point lead over Biden. As bad as Biden is, in any sane country, Trump would have had a 75-point lead over him. It wouldn't be close. It shouldn't be close. It just shows you how insane half of this country is, that they would prefer the nonsense they've lived through the last four years, or the last three and a half years, whatever. They prefer that. These idiots in this country prefer that. Wow. That's scary. I I don't think it'll be that close. That's my saving grace for the country. I don't think it's going to be a close election. I think it's going to be a whitewash. But I also believe that they'll have some convictions of President Trump in the state court level to try to promote as their reason for not voting him. These people are the most disgusting human beings on earth. If you know a liberal, you should hate them with every passionate feeling in your body. You should detest them. They want to destroy you and your country. And they don't care about you. I love it when people say, well, you know, let's all be together. Oh, shut up. It's nonsense. We need a civil war. And it's got to be conservatives against liberals. And it is a war. It's a war for this country. I got news for you. Some Englishman came over here and was living here in 1776. And he was a United States citizen, maybe. George Washington didn't have any qualms about knocking him off if he was against us, against this country and what it stands for. But nobody nobody is for this country anymore. We had 41 Republicans just vote to extend the FISA warrant program. It's the most corrupt program in history. 41 criminal Republicans, including Elise Stefanik. We'll give you the whole list as we go along a little later on in the show because you're going to hear about it. But if you're looking for health insurance, don't look for Obama. Don't, Obamacare is the worst possible thing you can do. Don't torture yourself that way. That would be a nightmare. Instead, call Jordan Krugman, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. That's where you'll find him online. 
He's my health insurance guy. 314-602-4055. That's his number. 602-4055. Great time to check out your health care options for next year. Open enrollment is ongoing, and we'll go through January 15th. But Jordan has a lot of low-cost alternatives that you may not have considered because you may not even know they're out there. He has zero deductibles. That's right. They're plans with a zero deductible. And he's always trying to eliminate your out-of-pocket costs. That's what I want. I don't know people who want to pay more. I guess they'd be liberals. But most of us want to eliminate our out-of-pocket costs because we know we're getting ripped off. And that's what Jordan does. He's a broker, so he's not beholden to one insurance company. He will put together a plan for you because he works for you. And he'll put it together based on your needs, designed specifically for you. Then he'll take it to each insurance company and get you the best deal. That's how it should work, and that's how it does work with Jordan Krugman. Never any broker fees. He won't charge you any. And if you're getting ready for Medicare, he can help you there too. Jordan Krugman will walk you through Medicare and explain it to you so you can understand it. 314-602-4055, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. All right, everybody, open up your can of Monster Energy Drink. That's right. Get it ready. I use the, I drink the Zero Ultra. Now, I've been misinforming you about what's in the Zero Ultra. Shame on me. I said it had only 10 carbs. I was wrong. It has six. It has 10 calories. Six carbs. No sugar. Carpe diem to Monster Energy Drink. Yep. That's a fact, folks. So that's the Zero Ultra. Now, you can drink whatever flavor you want. But if you need that boost of energy, and we all do, you want to focus on your big meeting today as you get through this last week before Christmas. If you want to always be at your best, top of your game, start your day with Monster Energy Drink. It is clearly the most badass energy drink on the planet, and you can unleash the beast in one way with Monster Energy Drink. Be at your best. I've already had mine, so you're in for a great show. I didn't say you're in for a show that makes you happy. I just said you're in for a great show. When you hear the words of these liberals, you are not happy, but you continually understand time after time just how anti-American they are. Now, there's a new tact out. Remember the liberals come up with something, it seems like every week, because every one of their Tactics fails all the time in trying to bring Trump down. Every time they try something different, he soars in the polls. So they're notably frustrated. And so they, of course, have taken him into court in four different areas, trying to somehow gain a conviction that will alter people's viewpoints. I don't really think it will. I think people understand what that's all about. It's a crock of crap. But then again, in order to feel that way, I would have to have faith in the American people, of which I have zero. I have faith in half of the American people. So that's their that's their tactic. Their, their overall way of getting him not to be elected is, of course, to try to get him convicted. But the new way is the fear-mongering. Okay, now it's... And if you can tell this came directly from Democrat headquarters. Donald Trump will kill you. 
literally kill you. He'll assassinate people. Donald Trump will close down the Internet. Donald Trump will turn the military against the citizens. Donald Trump will do this. Donald Trump will do that. These people need to be in jail. If you want to talk about inciting people to riot or violence, that's what these people do. And you're going to hear all about it this morning. And one of the leaders of this brigade is this nitwit redhead Jen Saki, 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 who was full of crap and lied through her teeth when she worked for Obama, or excuse me, O'Biden and Obama. And now, when, while she works for MSNBC, she's even a bigger liar, if that's possible. But even she wants Hunter Biden to shut his mouth even though it's the Bidens are all about love for each other, right? It's a love affair. If you're sitting in the White House right now, you're like, please, Hunter Biden, we know your dad loves you. Please stop talking in public. Um, this is not helpful to any of them for him to be out there. But at the same time, the president loves his son. That takes precedent over anything else. He loves his family. He's worried about his mental health. But yes, the White House would like him to probably go away right now. <laughs> He loves his family. That's paramount, of course. Except, except go away. These people are so full of shit, it's unbelievable, isn't it? President, uh, Hunter Biden should shut up. But, but by the way, the president loves his son. He just loves him. It's all about love. Oh, but he needs to go away. Most people that you love, you don't tell to go away, right? But Saki, Saki, Saki's form of love is, hey, I love you, but get the hell out of here and shut up. Who wouldn't want to be touched by that kind of love? <laughs> she is so full of it. And boy, they've let her zoom up the MSNBC ladder, haven't they? They act like she's the go-to. And that must set Joe Scarborough's hair on fire. It really must. But then she had some clown, some career bureaucrat, by the name of Miles Taylor. I don't know if anybody knows who he is. Probably some people do. I had no idea who he was. He's just a big mouth bureaucrat. He hates Trump. Little homework that I did. He, he's always resisted Trump. Claims to be a Republican. I always love these Republicans that the Democrats unearth. Oh, yeah, I'm a conservative Republican, but I hate Donald Trump. There is not a single true conservative that hates Donald Trump. His policies are right up our alley. So you couldn't possibly hate him unless you're not really a conservative. But if you are, you don't hate Donald Trump. So Miles Taylor is equally full of shit. And to get two people on the same set that are full of shit equally is really a treat. And it always makes me laugh. This is the 2023 version of a sitcom. We can't have sitcoms anymore because the Democrats have outlawed them. You can't make fun of anybody anymore. So what passes now for a sitcom is two liberals getting together and talking out loud, and that is funny stuff. And here is some of it. You want to hear some fear-mongering? It's actually disgraceful. Liz Cheney's been talking about that I am also obsessed with is kind of what damage he could do within government without even necessarily breaking the law, like how he could use the levers of government to bend to his will You've worked in government. What scares you the most? Well, the possibilities are almost limitless. And I spent nearly two years asking that question to people. And, and I wrote it in this book, Blowback. But to try to paint that 
picture to try to understand what he would actually do by talking to all of my former colleagues at different departments and agencies under Trump and asking them that question. What will happen in a second term? The biggest concerns for me are on the national security side. I think Americans still don't understand the full extent of the president's powers and things Donald Trump could do bubble wrapped in legalese that would be damaging to the republic. And one of those that I've noted is there's something in the White House called the Doomsday Book. And for the first time, DHS gave authorization for me to mention this publicly. Uh, and the fact that there are concerns that that book, which is supposed to be used to protect the country in instances of armed foreign invasion or rebellion, it's the president's most extraordinary powers could be picked up by Trump and used for domestic political purposes. He could invoke powers we've never heard a president of the United States invoke, potentially to shut down companies or turn off the Internet or deploy the U.S. military on U.S. soil. <laughs> what you're going to hear of all this, from all this fear-mongering is he could do this, he could do that, he, he might do this, he probably will do this, he might do this, maybe that. Everything's, they just decided, let's come up with the worst things a human being can do to us, and let's pretend that Trump is considering them all. What he ought to do is put you in jail. That's what he ought to do. These people think nothing of inciting the worst fears in any human being. They think nothing of it because they now have turned to this fear-mongering, which they do best, as their only way to save Biden. That's what they think now. They've tried everything. I mean, you talk about throwing a bunch of crap against a wall and hoping something will stick. They've tried and failed with everything. And now it's let's scare the holy hell out of people. Let's tell them all that Trump is going to kill them all. Because that's what he did his first term, right? He killed everybody. He turned the military against all of us. The only person, if you and if you listen to the fear-mongering and these ideas, these nitwits, these lunatic liberals spew out of their ugly mouths, every one of the things they're saying, Biden and his corrupt Department of Justice and FBI are actually doing. It's not whether Donald Trump would do these horrific things, which he never would. It's that they're already doing them. And that's why they want to draw attention away from the things they're doing and project them onto Donald Trump. Oh, but Trump might do this. He might do that. Never mind that we're already doing it. He might do it. And the truth is, the difference between Trump and them is he wouldn't do it because he's America first. They are America last. Their motto is to destroy America. They're, they're the Mala group. Make America lousy again. And they've done it. America is lousy. Anyone who thinks otherwise has their head stuck in the sand. This is a rotten country right now. And it couldn't be rottener if it was run by Roddy Rottenstein. It's awful. Everything about this country is awful. And you might say, well, then why don't you leave? Believe me, I'm considering it. But that's beside the point. The problem is, if you don't face up to it, you'll never change it back to the way it was. It was a great country. But if you think it is now, please point out the greatness of it. Tell me where this country's great. And I'll tell you, you're full of crap.
because there is nothing great about this country. I have to sit through watching a football game yesterday and be lectured by the jackasses at Fox because they're they're whores for the NFL who want to tell me uh, end racism and here's where you can write to end race. Oh, shut the f up! You people are sickening. And these little cowards that they employ to do play-by-play in the color, they're, they're just sycophants. Fox is nothing but a liberal network, folks. Let's realize it. There are some people on Fox who are conservative, but the network itself's overall philosophy is just like the rest of them, liberal to the core. They're as dangerous as MSNBC is. There's some holdouts, thank God, but my guess is their jobs are hanging by a thread. Because the overall philosophy is let's lecture the people on how racist they are. And I love how Saki said there that, first of all, quoting Liz Cheney, that this is where the liberals have gone now. These traitors known as Liz Cheney and Kinzinger and their like, Paul Ryan, they're now quoting them as the liberal standard bearers, which I find hilarious. Because until they turned against Trump, the liberals hated them. But anybody who turns against Trump is welcome to the liberal psycho camp. Listen to Cheney and that the other one they they love to now have as their spokesperson is Michael Cohen. (laughs) The, The disgraced criminal former attorney for President Trump who he got rid of, and then Cohen went to jail because Cohen's a tax cheat just like Hunter Biden. He must wonder how come I went to jail, but Hunter doesn't. But he's now one of their spokesmen. He's now a liberal spokesperson because he hates Trump. But you'll hear them all, the whole cast of characters here. If you can't try to scare people any worse than this, then you don't. you're not a liberal. He cannot be the next president, um, it, it, because if he is... You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada, because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the First Lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. Rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail, or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. He's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. Have you ever heard anything like that? I mean, they're, they're so comical in their stupidity and their desperation. But just a few of them. Assassinate generals. <laughs> Scarborough. Scarborough's a he, he belongs in a nuthouse. He's absolutely insane. These people are so obsessed with Donald Trump, it's frightening. I don't know people that are, I don't know obsessive people. 
So I don't know anyone who could beat us obsessed over anything. I mean, Tiger Woods told us one time he was obsessed with sex. Okay, that's more believable than being obsessed like these people. <laughs> He's going to shoot the first lady. What? What? When did he decide to shoot Melania? <laughs> Make it illegal to run against him. Can someone please tell me how that could happen? Uh, by the way, I'm president. It's now illegal to run against me. I'll be president forever. <laughs> Mass internment camps. You mean the jails, the gulags that you already have now, those? Rights being suppressed. Those are the political prisoners of January 6th. All of these things Biden's already doing. Now, he hasn't shot the first lady yet, much to my chagrin, but uh, perhaps he'll do that. This is how ridiculous these people are. If you want to hear insane people, you just heard some. You want to hear some more? Here's Claire McCaskill kicking off this round of insanity. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. Wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end of democracy. I think that could be the end of our democracy. Democracy is dead if Trump is reelected. Goes yet to Putin that democracy will be at risk. The absolute destruction of the Justice Department as we know it. The Justice Department could be entirely transformed. I am really concerned about that. Every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration. He's re-elected. He will curb transgender rights and the rule of law. Arrest political opponents. There's Scarborough again. Arrest political opponents. Assassinate generals. Mass internment camps. Oh, they're too good, aren't they? How about the Justice Department will be completely changed? That's a good thing. We want that. That's the one thing they hit on that Trump will actually do. You got to do that, right? People will censor themselves. They'll be thinking, I wonder if I can say this. Excuse me? That's exactly the society we live in right now. Everyone who's alive in this country right now censors themselves. They know they're in trouble for saying certain things. Are you kidding me? That's the country we live in. That's why I can't stand this country. I detest what this country is all about right now. It sickens me every day. To know what I grew up with is no longer and it's the, the one person most responsible, the two people, Obama and that cr- clueless lunatic who's in there right now. And, of course, the media. Everyone in Washington, let's just put it that way. These are the worst forms of human life that we've ever seen in our entire lifetime, the people in Washington. They're as bad as the Palestinians. The Palestinians are a pack of lunatics. These people in Washington ostensibly know better. Of course they don't. But can you imagine the things you just heard? Can you really imagine that in this country today? That is fear-mongering 101. And every one of those people ought to face charges. You want to talk about election interference... 
Now, the good thing is, I do believe this. Most of the people in this country see that and they say, what kind of mentally deranged people are you? Even I don't think Biden will shoot his wife, but they're telling you Donald Trump's going to shoot Melania. He's going to kill her. (laughs) Then he's going to kill you. Then he's going to assassinate generals. Then he'll have mass internment camps. Then he'll declare that you can't run against him. (laughs) He'll declare martial law. He ought to declare martial law. If you think, go through the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments to the Constitution. Most people don't know what they are. If you go through the Bill of Rights right now, tell me which freedoms have been affected by this liberal pack of lunatics. Tell me. Do you think you still have freedom of speech? Do you think you do? I think you're crazy if you think that. You think you have the right to bear arms? They're doing everything they can to take that away from you. Do you think you have the freedom to peaceably assemble? Ask the January 6th protesters about that. I mean, you don't have any of these rights anymore. Freedom of religion? They're trying to destroy Christianity in this country. It's unbelievable. Freedom from excessive bail, cruel and unusual punishment? Do you have that? No. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty scary. So if you really believe we have those, I think you should check check again. Because we don't. And the ones that are still working, they're trying to get rid of. You know that. Scary stuff. Very, very scary stuff. And what they're doing to Donald Trump's even worse. So they are telling you that Donald Trump will eliminate all political opposition to him. So he's president forever. He'll shoot his wife. He'll kill her. He'll create massive internment camps. He'll assassinate generals. Now, of course, none of that's designed to scare you to death, right? They are so overboard. If they would get legitimate, and there are criticisms, certainly, of Donald Trump. I've I've always felt he has a terrible blind spot in the way he hires people. Now people want to say, well, he tweets mean things. He says mean things. I don't give a damn. Who cares? I still haven't seen a mean thing he's tweeted or a mean thing he said. I'd like for somebody to point it out to me. And I don't care anyway. But when I see the list of loons that are saying these things, 
I never thought this country would be so irresponsible to put those people on television as if they're some sort of expert on something. They're not. Not one of those people that just that whose voice you just heard has any intelligence whatsoever. They're all buffoons. Anyone who would talk like that, they're nuts. I can give you examples of Biden's criminality. You can't give me one example of anything Donald Trump has ever done criminally. Can't give me one example that tells me that Donald Trump would do any of the things they claim he will do, and yet I can show you where Biden has already done them. And of course we know what they're up to with the courts. They've decided to use the courts. Talk about hypocrites. Alan Dershowitz, of course they're going to get convictions at the state level, aren't they? Of course they're going to get convictions if they bring a trial in New York City or in the District of Columbia or in Fulton County, knowing that it's very likely that a number of these convictions will be reversed on appeal after the election. And that really does constitute a kind of election fraud, misusing the criminal justice system to influence an election. You know, the Department of Justice has regulation saying never, never, ever time prosecutions so as to have an impact on the elections. And these manipulations clearly are designed to have an impact on the elections. And they will cause many Americans, if the results are against Trump, they will cause many Americans to say it was dirty pool. And what we need more than anything else is the cleanest possible election in 2024 without any political thumbs on the scale of the justice system, which will entitle people to question the election. We need an election, whichever way it comes out, in which every American says, this is fair, let's move on. I could not agree with him more. We need that more than ever, based on what happened in 2020. And now we're going to have a redux of that right here, and we're already having it. All of these court cases are election interference, every one of them. And Jack Smith might be the most dangerous man in America right now. He is so corrupt, and yet he's been given power to alter the election. What sane country gives a hopelessly corrupt individual power over an election? Well, Germany did it in the 1930s. Is that what you are now, United States? Nazi Germany? Who else gives power to one deranged individual, corrupt to the core like Jack Smith is, over elections? Russia? North Korea? If they even have elections. China? That's what the United States is now. And the little weasel who is, who is his boss... Merrick Garland, and they all take their marching orders from the Biden criminals. It's pretty incredible, really. Alan Dershowitz, is Smith a hypocrite? Well, it's hypocrisy on steroids. The trial judge said she's going to treat Donald Trump case as if he was an ordinary citizen not running for president. And then Smith comes in and says, but he's running for president. And so we have to deny him the right to have an appellate court analyze the problem and skip right to the Supreme Court so that we can get a conviction before he runs for president. It's a complete politicization of the criminal justice system in a partisan way, and it denies Trump 
a basic right to have a two-step appellate process. What he's talking about is this motion that Smith has brought to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has said they will rule on it, skipping over the appellate court as on the issue of whether or not Trump had immunity while he was president over the January 6th developments. Now, Trump didn't commit any crimes anyway, but they're, they're charging him with that. So the first offense, of course, is going to be, well, we didn't commit any crimes, but if you say we did, it doesn't matter because we're immune to it anyway. Pretty incredible. Actually, if that, and I know that that is the law, that the presidents have immunity. I don't think any president should ever have immunity to anything. Because you create dictators when you give the leaders immunity. That's crazy stuff. But we live in a crazy country. So I'm not surprised by it whatsoever. Leo Terrell, who's also an attorney, a civil rights attorney, and Leo is black, in case you don't know that. Smith isn't really a prosecutor, is he? He's not a, he's not a prosecutor. He's a Democratic operative. An operative in a position of power to basically try to create a railroad kangaroo court scenario of trying to convict President Trump prior to the election of 2024. And you're right. He's basically trying to get the Supreme Court, which I hope the Supreme Court does not take up. I mean, I, I, they're going to hear, have some hearings, but I hope they refer this back down to the appellate court. Because we have to understand, the rule of law is being circumvented because of politics. When people try to analyze this case and Jack Smith and that judge, who's also a Democratic operative, the rule of law is being dismissed. We laugh when we read accounts of Germany and their system of justice under Hitler. That these courts in Germany were like this. And that it was interesting, we, we'd sit back and say, well, wait wait a minute. You've got the judge and the prosecutor who are members of the Nazi party? How asinine is that? Well, we've got the same thing. We've got prosecutors and judges who are political activists against Donald Trump. No judge in this case, or any of these cases, uh, that I'm aware of except for the, the documents case, can be counted on to reasonably rule according to the law. What I find interesting about the Supreme Court, unless their plan is to just shut down Jack Smith, and I hope that is the plan, I have no idea why they would accept this case, skipping over the appellate case, or the, the, the appellate uh, level, when they wouldn't even take any of the Trump election interference cases from 2020. They heard none of them. I love it every time a liberal says, all these cases that Trump had, he lost every one of them. He, never, he was never heard on any of them. You can't lose if it never gets to court. If they don't hear the case on the merits, you didn't lose. But what is their reasoning behind this? I believe, from a legal standpoint, that should Trump lose this ruling on immunity that he could then sue because they just simply bypassed the rule of law that being stopping at the appellate level for first time review 
before going to the Supreme Court, which is the way everything works, and just bypassing them. You can't do that. But Merrick Garland's Department of Justice thinks you can because they don't believe in the law. Every time a Democrat tells you about the rule of law, laugh in their face. Because they don't believe in the rule of law. They believe in laws that only apply to you and me, not to them. No law applies to them, unless it happens to support them. Doesn't seem like a whole lot of laws support what they do, but they do it anyway. And you get the feeling, don't you, that every single thing they have done since Biden got in there, really for that matter since Obama got in there, is designed to destroy this country from within. It's all intentional. They've intentionally done what they've done. They've intentionally stirred up racial animus between blacks and whites. They've done all of this on purpose. They have absolutely zero ideas to help the country. Give me the last idea a Democrat had that was beneficial to anybody in this country. Please tell me what it is. What policy idea has a Democrat come up with that is helpful to anybody in this country? So therefore, you have to conclude that it's all intentional. The destruction of this country by the Democrats is all intentional. Donald Trump Jr. was speaking at a conference over the weekend, and he thinks the same way. People's expenses are through the roof. You're going to bankrupt half the country. And at this point, it almost feels intentional. It has to be. No, no, seriously. This is something I say all the time. But if you were trying to destroy America from within, would you do anything differently than today's Democrat Party? And the answer would have to be no, right? You couldn't possibly do anything differently if you were trying to do this intentionally. You do it the exact same way they're doing it. And then we have to sit through people like Kevin McCarthy. Remember what I said, any politician who doesn't have a hair out of place is not to be trusted. We have to sit through people like McCarthy, who's such a little panty waste, that as soon as he gets replaced as speaker, he announces that he's not going to seek re-election from California. As if anybody cares. Kevin McCarthy acts as though he's some sort of great statesman that under a coup attempt was forced out of office. That's how he acts. And then he gives his farewell speech on the floor the other day. This is the kind of thing these politicians are doing. Rather than doing work for us, people like McCarthy's running around giving a farewell speech. Did you get paid while you're giving that speech? But in the speech, he praised the Democrats and ripped the Republicans. And I think about, did I leave this place better than I received? I remember coming, sitting where Congressman Calvert was, and it was the State of the Union. The Democrats had won the majority. I had got elected minority leader Why another colleague from my state, Nancy Pelosi, got elected speaker. I watched the Democrats stand up, and they were very diverse. They looked like America. I watched us stand up. We had lost the majority. I quote and say we looked like one of the most restrictive country clubs in America. So they look like America. We look like a strict country club. 
You have the impression of the strict country club, McCarthy. You, with your button-down look, your neatly coiffed hair. You look like the guy from the restrictive country club, not the rest of the, the Congress. You. Matt Gates hardly looks like a guy from a restricted country club. But you sure do. You can't be gone soon enough. Get out. And then he acts like a martyr. So if you come across that question of whether you should do what's right out of fear of losing your job, do it anyways, because it's the right thing to do. And this is what the nation requires. I think putting people before politics is always the right answer. Ooh, Kevin McCarthy put people before politics. Did you? Did you really? When? The truth is he did not. But he acts as though he did something great and was replaced for it. What did you do that was so great? (laughs) I mean, honestly, what did he do? I put people before politics at fear of losing my job. He loves himself. I'll say that. Keep in mind, if Trump loses, the guy who will beat him is a guy who said this about COVID research just last Friday. See if you can follow it. Taxpayers already are chipping in, making paying a lot of money for that here at NIH to get these brilliant scientists to go out and find cures, find a- a- answers to drug problems, to, to drugs, for with the use of drugs for health problems. <laughs> how, how does anyone vote for this guy? Honestly, anybody, even his own family. I know Dr. Jill will vote for him because she wants to stay in power. She thinks she's the president. But how about the rest of them? If you're one of the grandkids and you're of of voter age, would you just kind of secretly vote for Trump and then say, oh, I voted for you, Grandpa, you lunatic? I mean, I have family members who are lunatics. I've had them all my life. I recognize it. I wouldn't vote for them. Not in a million years. And they likewise probably wouldn't vote for me. But why would anybody vote for Biden? (laughs) Really? And then you've got Mayor Wu up there in uh, Boston who sends an email out for the electeds, electeds, plural, colored, to have a Christmas party. No white people allowed, of course. She gets busted for it and issues an apology, not for her bigotry or her racism or her exclusionary tactics, that the liberals love to talk about. She doesn't apologize for any of that. She only apologizes for letting the white people see her email. (laughs) Then she goes on with the party, the the party of bigots, and takes a picture of all of these bigots sitting at a Christmas party and puts it online and then brags about it. Tommy Lyron, was she bragging? Oh, but now Mayor Wu is boasting about it, posting a picture from the party on Instagram and in the caption writing, quote, not too long ago in Boston, we didn't need such a big table to fit electeds of color. I proudly watched this group grow and create space for mentorship and fellowship among many who are breaking down barriers while holding the weight of being the first 
or only. <laughs> These people are nuts. Just listen to that language. Mentorship and uh, holding down the weight of being first or only. How about do some work for the people? Labeling is the big thing for Democrats because they don't have anything, obviously. They can't do any work for the people. They don't know what the hell they're doing. She's too busy getting electeds of colored or electeds colored, whatever that is. That's a new phrase they've made up, of course. As long as we have some black Asians, not Asians, I'm sorry, those look too much like white people. Blacks, Hispanics, maybe some Indians, if they're dark enough to come to her Christmas party. That's the problem with your city of Boston. You appoint people who are incompetent simply because of their race. That's the problem with America. That's what America does. Can't have a white person get the job if they're much more qualified than a black person because that's racism. But if a black gets the job being completely unqualified, then that's okay. That just shows how woke you are, how aware you are, that you're like the NFL. You're going to end racism. Do you not understand that when you hire a minority who's woefully unqualified over a white person who's eminently qualified, that that is racism? You are... Performing exactly what you profess to hate. But that's how liberals are. The facts never matter to them. Carl DeMeo of Reform California. Why did Mayor Wu apologize in the first place? She's apologizing because she was caught. Isn't that what a typical politician does? Instead of taking accountability for their actions, they apologize that they got caught. This is offensive. And part of her defense was... Uh, it's been going on for years. Okay, a lot of bad things have been going on for years. Right. It doesn't condone it. Democrats say they want inclusion. They want people to come together. They don't want to have a race-based society. But they're the most racist individuals we are finding in the public square. They're always talking about race. They're always dividing us. They're always segregating us. But they're the ones that say that they're tolerant. No, don't buy it. Carpe diem, Carl DeMaio. They are the ones who scream and yell about racism, and yet that's all they do is practice racism. That's all they can talk about. You can't have a conversation with a liberal unless race is part of the conversation. It has to be. Try it sometime. If you have a liberal friend, and I hope you don't, but if you do, try having a conversation with them about baseball or football and see how quickly race comes into it. Have a quest, have a conversation about the weather, you know, the topics that Joe Biden talks to his son about all the time and to his son's friends. They always talk about the weather. Dan Goldman told us that. Try to have a conversation with a liberal about the weather and see how quick race is brought into the weather conversation. Talk about Christmas and they'll tell you that baby Jesus should be black or that it's racist that Jesus is white. And we really don't believe he's a Jew because we hate Jews. And they do hate Jews. If you're Jewish and you think liberals support you, you're nuts. 
They hate you with a passion. There isn't any doubt about that. Now, all of this at Christmas time makes it even more absurd. And so, if you're familiar with Family Guy, the cartoon series, Peter Griffin, the patriarch of the of the family in Family Guy, was putting up his nativity scene, and he gave us all instructions that the NFL would be proud of. The NFL, which loves to lecture you on racism, that they practice, by the way, they love to lecture you. And so Peter Griffin, a family guy, putting up his nativity scene, almost appears to have taken his cues from the NFL. Time to put up the 2020 Christmas decorations. First, ethnically accurate Jesus goes right here next to Father Mary and Mother Josephine, followed closely by the three genderless wise people on their bird scooters, Tig Nataro for some reason, and of course, the little drummer, them. Because God forbid we call a boy a boy. <laughs> The little drummer to them. <laughs> Josephine, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Let me let me play it again. This is the nativity scene of 2023. Time to put up the 2020 Christmas decorations. First, ethnically accurate Jesus goes right here next to Father Mary and Mother Josephine, followed closely by the three genderless wise people on their bird scooters, Tig Nataro for some reason, and of course, the little drummer, them. Because God forbid we call a boy a boy. <laughs> Mother Josephine <laughs> and Father Mary. God, that's just, that's so perfect. That is exactly what this country is right now. Now, it's the liberals that act like that, of course, but they have control of the media, so if you were an outsider looking in, you would think the whole country thinks that way. Because that's what you would see. You would see only the media coverage of anything, and the media believes it. By the way, that enactment there from Peter Griffin of Family Guy, which, by the way, is a shot at liberals. Liberals think, oh, that's wonderful. Look at that. They get it. How would you like to grow up in a family that did stuff like that? And believe me, they're out there. There's a lot of them. Or they just won't put up a nativity scene at all. Remember what Christmas is. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. I don't care if you're Christian or not. That's what Christmas is about. Now, if you don't want to celebrate Christmas, to each his own. But don't try to doctor what Christmas is. Don't try to change what it is. It's the birth of a male, a boy, a baby boy. You can call it whatever you want. It won't change the facts. There are songs written about it, of course, songs that I'm sure the liberals would like to ban. And they refer to the baby boy. The liberals hate that. They don't understand why he had to be a boy. (laughs) It's pretty unreal, isn't it? But that's what Christmas is. So if you don't like Christmas, go ahead and like whatever you want. But don't try to change what Christmas is to people like me, who are Christians, who've celebrated Christmas since we were born. F you. That's what I say to you. 
I don't know if you're aware of this story because the media is trying to keep it a secret for some reason. There's a statue that was commissioned and created by a Jewish man that is in Arlington National Cemetery. It is called the Reconciliation Statue. So it's not a political statue at all. It's not a statue that celebrates the Confederacy or the Union Army. It's simply the conciliatory statue. It's a statue of reconciliation after the Civil War. It has stood in Arlington National Cemetery in the graveyard among Union and Confederate soldiers forever. As I said, created by a Jewish sculptor. Biden has decided it no longer can stay there, and neither can the graves. So the statue is being torn down today, and the graves are going to be, I guess, either poured over by dirt or moved or whatever. But they're no longer going to be at Arlington National Cemetery either. The question I have is, who in the fuck does Biden think he is? John Reed is a local reporter up in the D.C. area. He went over to the cemetery yesterday when the cranes arrived, and he described what was going on. All the efforts to educate legislators and the public about the real meaning of this statue have been um, unsuccessful. And the zealots, the Taliban-esque leaders that currently rule in the Congress and in the White House are claiming another victory, destroying the artistic heritage that we inherited and denigrating dead people who've been dead for over a century and a half. I personally find that to be disgusting. And I look around Arlington Cemetery, and I wonder, who's next? Who is next? Well, you can use your imagination, and you can figure it out. Who is next, John Reed? Who will the mob, the leftist mob, the Democrat mob, deem offensive enough to dig up or dismantle or denigrate going forward? So hundreds of volunteers came and put these wreaths on all of the tombstones here at Arlington yesterday. It's a very nice gesture. But the real symbolism of what this country thinks about our dead veterans and the ugly, horrible conflicts that we thought we had gone through and repaired ourselves from is truly symbolized, not by these nice Christmas wreaths, but about what's happening on the other side of that chain link fence. The destruction of our artistic heritage and the desecration of the graves of dead soldiers. You gonna let it keep happening? What are you gonna do? You gonna let it keep happening? I bet you didn't even know it was happening. And how could you know? The media's not gonna cover that. It's a reconciliation statue. How would the liberal media explain themselves? That they're against reconciliation from the Civil War? Be hard, that's, that'd be a hard explanation for them. They can't handle that one. So it's best just not to cover it, pretend like it doesn't exist, it didn't happen. That's the best way. I mentioned earlier these um, votes on this FISA court 
and then we're going to go ahead and extend the FISA court warrants, the same warrants that allowed Hillary Clinton to spy on President Trump's campaign to create a dossier and get use it as the grounds to spy on the president. Thomas Massey, a congressman who voted against extending it, is beside himself because he says they have, Republicans have thrown away the Fourth Amendment. 147 Republicans voted the wrong way. Can you believe that? Now, who are they? Well, here's some of them. Lauren Boebert of Colorado. Elise Stefanik of New York. Mike Waltz of Florida. Ryan Zinke of Montana. These are self-declared MAGA Republicans who voted to renew the FISA Surveillance Act. This is the same program with no changes <laughs> now in their defense if you can call it that you can explain it away because they were given a false choice they were told if you don't fund the program then the united states won't be able to spy on terrorists the fisa 702 law allows the government to spy on terrorists and foreigners outside of the country, but not inside the country. Try to figure that out, by the way. So what is all of this about? Did did they pull a fast one again? And I don't care about spying on the terrorists. No one should have voted for this. They should have simply tabled it and gotten a better bill. It's disgraceful. Cash Patel, the FISA court just told us recently just how corrupt the FBI is, and these people voted to renew the the, the law. The FISA court in April of 2022 publicized an opinion that said the FBI used it illegally 275,000 times domestically against Americans, 16 different occasions against those affiliated with January 6th, 19,000 times domestically against donors to a congressional campaign, and wait for it, 24,000 separate times against Americans and groups in and around January 6th. That FISA process has been turned on its head, redirected inwards, and anyone who says, oh, that's just a Republican conspiracy speak, that's the FISA court that rescinded Rod Rosenstein's illegal surveillance of Donald Trump twice based on our investigation, and now they do it again, and they prove the FBI and DOJ have weaponized justice, and the Republican leadership in Congress allowed it to be reauthorized, essentially through the next election cycle. That's dangerous and scary. What is wrong with these people? I I don't get it. I really don't get it. 
<laughs> President Trump's lead, by the way, has grown tremendously in the Republican Party. 69% now of Republicans favor the president. 12 DeSantis, 9 Nikki Haley. <laughs> Why are these people even in there? Just get out. Go home. But how does this FISA law get reinstated and reauthorized? Did you hear how many abuses the FISA court itself has identified by the FBI? Is this FBI the most corrupt operation in the history of the country? They're far more corrupt than the mob ever was. The mafia has nothing on the FBI. We are a nation corrupted from within. There isn't any question about it. Pete Hexeth is a Harvard grad and a Princeton grad. He has graduate degree, or his degrees from both of those schools, Ivy League schools. He thinks we should stop calling Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Penn, Carnegie Mellon. We should stop calling them elite schools. What are they, Pete? These universities, we should stop calling them elite. They're just expensive. Uh, and ultimately, they're, they're, the money's coming from us and from the federal government. And it took outright anti-Semitism of the genocide of a group of people for Washington to wake up and realize what these institutions right. are. This is decades and decades and decades of corruption and rot and exploitation of these very powerful, influ- influential universities that no one wants to talk about. And there's plenty of Harvard grads in Washington who don't want to upset their alumni They've been asleep at this switch for a long time. Take every dime you can. They should be totally self-sufficient. If people want to pay to poison the minds of their kids, they can. But taxpayers (laughs) shouldn't have to. Taxpayers shouldn't have to. That's exactly right. You know why he made that comment? Because taxpayers are. Listen to the funding and where, where the Harvard cash comes from. $350 million from state governments. $676 $676 million from the federal government. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's over $1 billion from government funding. $2,461 million from tax-free investments. This is all what Harvard gets. Direct gifts, $485 million. So that's all they get from donors. Others, they list as $792 million. Who knows where that is coming from? But he's right. If you want to poison your child's mind, that's on you. But it shouldn't be on us. That shouldn't be the case. We didn't authorize that. We don't want our tax money going to that. The things our tax money pays for are criminally outrageous. By the way, a poll that said that a friend, family member, or organization offer to pay or reward you for voting, 91% of the people said no, 8% said yes. 8% of the voting public was corrupted, being paid for voting a certain way. 8%. Did you fill out a ballot in part or in full on behalf of a friend or family member? 21% said yes. 
Did you cast a mail-in ballot in a state where you were no longer a permanent resident? 17% did. That's illegal. I mean, those numbers are outrageous. And they're telling us that was the safest and most secure election ever? Really? Good grief, what were the rest of them? I can't even imagine. (laughs) It's impossible to even try to create what the rest of them were. Amazing, isn't it? Larry Kudlow, why do the people hate Harvard and those other elite institutions? They all lack the backbone to stop anti-Semitism. By the way, the same could be said about the Biden White House, which set up some kind of interagency working group on Islamophobia, but not one on anti-Semitism. It's tragic. It's pathetic. And it's awful. Now, let's go back to Harvard and its president, Claudine Gay. Not only did she flunk the anti-Semitism test posed to her by House Republican leader Elise Stefanik, then tried some mealy-mouthed walking-it-back tactics later, which will never pass the smell test. She is also now embroiled in a plagiarism scandal, where a number of experts have clearly and unambiguously pointed the finger at the Harvard president. You know, in the academic world, plagiarism is one of the biggest no-nos. Not as big as anti-Semitism, to be sure, but a major and presumably punishable offense. Usually, students and faculty get expelled for it, but not Ms. Gay. No siree, not Claudine Gay. The Harvard Corporation voted to retain her. The Board of Trustees there voted unanimously to keep her on. I mean, the corruption is so blatant in this country... And it's supported by all of the other corrupt bastards. You send your kid to Harvard now, you have to have rocks for brains. You really do. And you sure as hell aren't Jewish. (laughs) Nobody would send their Jewish son to any or daughter to any of these schools. Any of them. You'd have to be crazy. Larry Kudlow's correct. They lack the spine to stand up and and renounce anti-Semitism. And let's see if during a presidential debate, one of these liberal moderators asks Joe Biden to denounce anti-Semitism. He is an anti-Semite. Let's see if they ask him to do so. Remember they asked Trump to denounce white supremacy as if there is such a thing, number one, and secondarily as if he were one of them, if there was such a thing. But they won't ask Biden. They might ask Trump if he is. Even though he has a Jewish son-in-law, his daughter converted to Judaism, his grandkids are Jewish, they'll ask him if he's an anti-Semite. He moved our embassy to Jerusalem, the only president to do that, even though the rest of them all promised to do it and failed to do so. That would include all of them prior to Trump. I want to give you an idea just how bad the media is and specifically just how bad Fox is. Because we know the rest of them are just illiterate liberal hacks in the media. But if you have any doubt about Fox, let me put it to rest as to what Fox is all about. Arthel Neville is one of their hosts on the weekend. She's black. Her father is uh, a singer, 
Um, gosh, what's his first name? Um, anyway, he's a pretty good singer. Probably how she got the job, because she didn't get it because of her journalistic talents. But nonetheless, she made sure that the world knows how she thinks about the innocence of Joe Biden. And, and by virtue of her saying it on Fox as a host, that Fox must support it. She just listened to a guest who is a former judiciary member tell all of the ways Biden has committed crimes and all of the evidence to support it. And this is her response. Here you are. You're repeating all the allegations still with hardly any evidence directly connecting uh, those dots to President uh, Biden himself. Uh, so that's, as you know, how that well, saying goes. You repeat well, it many, many enough times, then people start to believe it. But let me ask you, let's move on. Let's move on because she didn't want to hear his answer. He was going to shoot her down. How about that, though? We just heard you recite all of those allegations, but none of them link President Biden to any crimes. Why don't you go sing like your dad? Because that's probably all you can do. She's worthless. Worthless. But she's on Fox. You would have thought that was an MSNBC host, right? You would have thought it was Joy Reid screaming her racist belligerence through the world. Well, Jonathan Turley has the worst-case scenario for Biden now, thanks to Hunter's contempt of court charge. This is dangerous because he said he spoke to his dad before he decided to ignore a subpoena. Having the president involved in advance in any way uh, to the contempt of Congress uh, is the worst possible scenario for the Biden team. I can't imagine how that could have occurred. It's not that you're telling a father not to speak to his son, but you give very clear instructions that you it's in neither of your interest for you to discuss his testimony for Congress. It certainly wouldn't be in your interest to talk about the potential commission of a federal crime. Contempt of Congress is a federal crime. And the Department of Justice aggressively pursued people like Bannon and Navarro uh, for not appearing in a committee. So if the president knew about that in advance and supported it, uh, it just gives another front for Congress to pursue in, in this uh, inquiry. And it appears he did talk to him prior to and didn't tell him not to defy Congress in a subpoena. That's according to Hunter. Every time Hunter talks, he indicts Joe. It's a beautiful thing. What it really shows you is just how stupid and illiterate the Bidens are. Anybody with a functioning brain, if you're sitting in Biden's hot seat, you wouldn't even speak to Hunter before he went out there. But the guy who never speaks to his son about his business dealings spoke to him about defying a subpoena from Congress. <laughs> I love how stupid they are because it's kind of fun. What's not fun is our southern border, and it's getting more and more dangerous. And Lindsey Graham, how scary is our border? According to the FBI director last week, he's never seen more, more threats to the homeland than he does today. Wherever he looks, he sees blinking lights. 
The border has been obliterated since January 21 till now. Uh, we've had 6 million people come to date. There are 3.6 million on schedule to come this year along. The policy choices of the Biden administration has made the border a dangerous place to come to. America is under threat, according to the FBI director, since October the 7th. Uh, jihadist groups want to attack us because we're helping Israel. I've never been more worried about a 9-11 than I am right now, and our border has been obliterated, and we're not going to give in on some uh, Band-Aid fix. That's the spending he's talking about that Biden keeps All Biden believes, like all liberals, throw money at it, and it'll solve it. Well, it doesn't solve it. And for the first time in their lives, Republicans are standing by their guns and not giving Biden any more money for Ukraine unless the border's fixed. Of course, Biden quickly ties that into Israeli aid so he can tell the world that the Republicans won't help the Israelis. It's you that won't help the Israelis because you're conditioning the money spent to them on something else. That should be a standalone. All of these bills should be standalone. Enough of this tying them together so that you can please with your pork all of your constituents. That's not the way this should be run. One law at a time. One bill at a time. One authorization of expenditures at a time. Sickening. Absolutely sickening. Then there's this lunatic Michigan Muslim who preaches hate and jihad, and yet somehow he's not arrested. He should be deported from the country. Only in an insane asylum country would have this kind of a guy roaming our streets free. The Muslims in the West, especially the youth, in the West, especially the youth in America, need to wake up. The current events are a wake-up call for Muslims to start normalizing, mentioning jihad's proper meaning and putting it back into their vocabulary. Jihad must be a common, normal term on the tongues and on your social media and in the masajid and elsewhere. It's time the mothers nurse their infants with the love of jihad and the ambition of wanting to become a mujahid and a shaheed. It's about time the youth brag about the teachings of jihad. Wow. This guy needs to be deported. Immediately. What the F has happened to Michigan? Well, that's all Obama settling all of these Muslims in different pockets of the country so that he can make sure he gets somebody from there to get elected to Congress. Incredible that guy's even in this country. You've got a guy inside of our country preaching to overthrow the country. Not not overthrow the government, but the entire country, our way of life. Overthrowing the government would be a good thing. This government needs to go. Remember, it's Thomas Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence. It's pretty simple, really. We've been talking about it for weeks here on our show. And Thomas Jefferson was 100% correct. 
When tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. When tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. We're duty bound. Arthel Neville's dad is Aaron Neville, by the way, the singer. Here's a great defense for these people who are running around robbing stores. Listen to this one. Greg Gutfeld, bring it home. Thieves want discount on sentence. Two Colorado thieves tried to get their felony charge dropped to a misdemeanor, arguing that what they stole was on sale. (laughs) So it would fall below the $2,000 threshold required for a felony conviction. The jury didn't buy it and convicted them anyway, but you got to respect thieves that appreciate the value of a dollar. (laughs) You can't sentence them to a felony conviction because the items they stole were on sale, so they didn't amount to the $2,000 threshold of a felony. (laughs) I'm telling you, the thieves are checking for sale signs. What kind of a civilization allows these thugs to run the streets free, number one, without recrimination, and then to do what they're doing, breaking into these stores, destroying these stores? I mean, insurance companies alone are are going broke on these things. Only in America. Bill Maher, this past Friday, laid the Palestinians out. He basically told them, why don't you grow up, understand that groups of people have been displaced throughout history. Even the Jews have been displaced. And by the way, I'll continue to maintain the property and the land they fight over there is always has always been the Jews. They allowed you to live on it, and now you want it all, of course, because that's who you are. And Meyer accurately noted out that people's have been forced off of land for centuries. Eventually, everybody comes to an accommodation, except the Palestinians. Was it unjust that even a single Arab family was forced to move upon the founding of the Jewish state? Yes, but it's also not rare, happening all through history, all over the world, and mostly what people do is make the best of it. After World War II, 12 million ethnic Germans got shoved out of Russia and Poland and Czechoslovakia because being German had become kind of unpopular. (laughs) A million Greeks were shoved out of Turkey in 1923, a million Ghanaians out of Nigeria in 1983, almost a million French out of Algeria in 1962. Nearly a million Syrian refugees moved to Germany eight years ago. Was that a perfect fit? And no one knows more about being pushed off land than the Jews, including being almost wholly kicked out of every Arab country they once lived in. Yes, TikTok fans, ethnic ethnic cleansing happened both ways. Yeah, and the Palestinians need to get the message loud and clear, and so do the media people. They love to call the Israelis colonizers, and they repeat the charge from some lunatic desert rat all the time. But as Maher points out, Muslims are colonizers. Nobody was a bigger colonizer than the Muslim army that swept out of the Arabian desert and took over much of the world in a single century. And they didn't do it by asking. There's a reason Saudi Arabia's flag is a sword. Kosovo 
was the cradle of Christian Serbia. Then it became Muslim. They fought a war about it in the 90s, but stopped. They didn't keep it going for 75 years. There were deals on the table to share the land called Palestine in 1947, 93, 95, 98, 2000, 2008, and East Jerusalem could have been the capital of a Palestinian state that today might look more like Dubai than Gaza. Arafat was offered 95% of the West Bank and said, no. The Palestinian people should know your leaders and the useful idiots on college campuses who are their allies are not doing you any favors by keeping alive the river to the sea myth. I mean, where do you think Israel is going? Spoiler alert, nowhere. Carpe diem Bill Maher. And he knows that Palestinians are awful negotiators. But wars end with negotiation. And what the media glosses over is, it's hard to negotiate when the other side's bargaining position is, you all die and disappear. I mean, the chant from the river to the sea. Yeah, let's look at the map. Here's the river. Here's the sea. Oh, I see. It means you get all of it. Not just the West Bank, which was basically the original UN partition deal you rejected because you wanted all of it and always have, even though it's indisputably also the Jews' ancestral homeland. And so you attacked and lost and attacked again and lost and attacked again and lost. As my friend Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? Good question. Every point he made is true and accurate. He'll be branded somehow as a Jew-loving screwball that they'll target now for jihad. That's how the Palestinians are. They're much like liberals. You disagree with them, they just want to blow you up or kill you. They certainly want to silence you and never hear from you again. It's pretty amazing. Aaron Cohen is a former member of the IDF, Israeli forces, and he has some advice for Biden when it comes to this dispute at the end of the day. At the end of the day, Biden needs to shut his mouth. Uh, Blinken needs to stop the yapping. Let Israel go to work. Let Israel finish it. Carpe diem Aaron Cohen. Shut your mouth, Biden. Shut your yap, Blinken. Let the Israelis finish it the right way. They'll do it. They're not going in there and slaughtering innocent people. They'll do it the right way. So leave them alone. I got a kick out of Peter Ducey at the White House News Conference the other day. I can tell he has been listening to our show. Because when he asked John Kirby a question about the current occupant of the White House, here's what he said. Is President Biden... uh, Is President Biden... (laughs) Okay. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's good. That's a big story for us. Um, Actually, Kirby lied. Biden's not okay, has never been okay, never will be okay. He's a delusional lunatic, and he's demented, badly demented. And if you want any proof of that, we have the proof. And as far as I'm concerned, if the Republicans want to hire me as their consultant overall to not only get Donald Trump elected, but to get uh, Republicans elected down the ticket, all you have to do is play this as your Trump campaign video. 
and people will get the message. That, I promise you, they will get the message. And they'll get it loudly, and they'll get it clearly. I, uh, um, anyway, the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you, uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, from, from, uh, uh, Charlotte, excuse me, from Charlotte, one, another line going from, in, in Florida, down to Tampa of Putin's kleptocracy, yeah, and 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 Joan Shengang, Shenga, billion dollars let. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna put him put the idea that. Um, Los Angeles and, uh, and, uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons. One, to, we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, uh, um, let me say it another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with, um, with, uh, the uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver uh, in the states that are affected. Here's what the, you can do, the drivers. We want to expand pre-K for three and four-year-olds, millions of pre-K The um, Did you find yourself laughing out loud during that? I did. I I couldn't help myself. I was laughing out loud. That's all you need to do. That's your campaign video for Donald Trump. Because that tells everything. Now, I would also add the disasters that he has accomplished in inflation and prices spiking and supply chain woes and what's going on in the Middle East and everything else. But... That video right there is the winner. No one in their right mind would vote for this guy. There are people that aren't in their right mind, so they will, but not enough. Play that video and play it over and over and over again. Ingrain it in the minds of people, and then I don't think we'll have to worry. And you don't have to worry about getting a new car or a used car if you want, or a truck or an SUV. I've got the answer for you. I'm going to eliminate all the headaches. I'm going to make it feel like you're not going to the dentist. You're not having a root canal. There's no reason for buying a car to feel like that. But it does feel like that. Because you go from dealership to dealership. You beat your head against a wall over little fees. and these. You're trying to get a decent deal that you want to feel good about. And seven hours after you start, you finish, you got yourself a car, and you're exhausted. You go home, your Saturday's ruined. All the college football games you wanted to watch are over, and you're sitting there going, do I even feel good about this? Now, you can do that. 
We're all free to choose. Or I've got a better idea, I think. Simply go to a website, so you're sitting at home, and there's a football game coming on, and you don't have to get in your car and go to a dealership. You just take your phone or your laptop, your tablet, whatever you use. Go to stl-cars.com. You'll find a 1,000 different vehicles on there to choose from, trucks, cars, SUVs. You won't find a 1,000 on any car lot at any dealership in America, but you'll find them right there on stl-cars.com. And here's how you how easy it is. You pick the one you want. And then you text or call 314-626-3251. Ask for Don. Text or call 314-626-3251. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want to pay for it, and he'll do the rest. That's how easy it is. And you're done. You're done before the opening kickoff. Or if you start at the kickoff, you're done before the ball gets to the receiver. That's how quickly it can happen. You find it's going to take you as long as it'll take you to find one that you like. And then you just call or text on. Now, if you can't find one that you like and there's something else that you want, then call or text Don as well at 314-626-3251. Tell him, Don, I couldn't find one, but here's what I want. Here's what I want to pay for it. And then he'll go to this vast network that he has all throughout the country where he can bring the car that you want to you. He's done it for me. I've purchased three vehicles from him through the years. And in fact, the last one I got from Tennessee, my son just got an SUV from Alabama. It's that simple. Call or text Don, 314-626-3251. STL-cars.com. All right, we're coming right back with more of the show right here in the Monster Energy Drink, STL-cars.com. Kings Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. We'll have your calls lined up when we come back.
We welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this Monday morning. This is the Monster Energy Drink. STL-Cars.com, King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. You can do the podcast right here on this platform later on and right uh, also on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and any place you listen to podcasts, we'll have our show there. In addition, of course, at noon today, Central Time, we will have the Monster Energy Drink, STL-Cars.com, King's Court Sports Show on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. So you can hear all of our sports takes from noon to 2 Central Time today. We're a week from Christmas. Can you believe that? So when Faith Hill asks, where are you Christmas, it is next Monday. It's going to be 55 degrees in St. Louis. That's disgusting. It's going to be in the 50s on Christmas Eve on Sunday. My two favorite days of the year, and the, the third favorite, Thanksgiving, was a little bit warm this year too. I'm getting a little tired of the holidays and warm weather. Al Gore, it's your fault. It's all your fault. Our phone lines are open, 636-348-4460. If you want to jump in the conversation, 636-348-4460. Yale University decided that, you know what, Harvard getting all this publicity over their anti-Semitism, we better get anti-Semitic right darn quickly here if we want to keep up, and so they did. What Yale did was even more disturbing, perhaps. Maybe not more disturbing, but certainly right there. There was signage at a Yale dining hall that circulated on social media this week. The word Israeli was removed from a popular salad dish. (laughs) A Yale sophomore and editor-in-chief of the Yale Free Press first reported the change. (laughs) It's apparently a years-old popular Israeli salad with spinach and tomatoes. It was renamed in the dining halls. It's the same exact dish without the word Israeli on it. Can you imagine that? (laughs) I mean, how pathetically petty do you have to be if you're these schools? Now, Yale Hospitality sent their response to the student's concern and sent it to Fox Digital. Authenticity of the food and naming of the recipes have been a concern brought to us by students in the past, the message said. There were times they felt our food did not authentically represent the country or ethnicity referred to in the name. To that end, our team made the decision to remove names of countries and ethnicities from recipes. Oh, yeah? Well, how many did you remove that weren't from Israel? How many? Then they say, however, you have raised a point that merits further consideration. In this case, Israeli salad is indeed an actual ingredient and is explicitly listed on the ingredient list. It's called cautious, some kind of ingredient. Considering it is the main ingredient, it is appropriate to remain in the life, or excuse me, in the title and we will correct this oversight. They called it an oversight. How can it be an oversight when it's been up there for decades, and all of a sudden during the height of the anti-Semitism in all of these universities and colleges, all of a sudden you do that, and you're trying to tell us somehow we're to believe that it's an oversight? Huh. 
Yale says the menu item changed sometime this semester as part of an ongoing process that began in July. It has been changed back. No, it was never an ongoing process that began in July. It began when you saw the other schools getting a bunch of publicity for being anti-Semites and you wanted to make sure that you let the world know that Yale, too, was an anti-Semitic institution. You got caught, and now you're getting the publicity that I guess you wanted out of it. You look like a pack of idiots, but I guess this is what Yale wanted. And they call these places institutions of higher learning. It's institutions of bigotry and anti-Semitism is what they are. And if you're a black supposed female president of Harvard, you can't be fired. You have a job for life just because you're black. It doesn't matter what an anti-Semite you are. It doesn't matter how much you plagiarize and lie. It doesn't matter. You've got the key ingredient. You're black. By the way, you're considered a black female. That's even better. You can't be touched. And the Harvard Corporation and their board of trustees made that clear to anybody who would question it. If you're black and we think you're a female, you've got the job for life. doesn't matter what you do. We don't really care about the Jews anyway. So who cares? And who cares about plagiarism? After all, the president of the United States is a plagiarist. Why shouldn't our president be? That's what Harvard's essentially saying. (laughs) Incredible stuff, isn't it? And then, since we're talking about food, we've got illegals, that's right, illegal aliens who've illegally crossed into our country who've been given free food at their free New York City hotels. And what do these bastards do? They complain about the food. (laughs) They throw the food away. These are taxpayer-funded meals prepared and tossed each day into the trash. No one likes the food, said a Venezuelan. Without lying, it's bad, bad. It is? Huh. Here's some of the bad food that's served to these illegals for free. Pancakes, uh, a fried tortilla for breakfast, sandwiches for lunch, dinners that include chicken Alfredo and chicken with spaghetti. And those are bad? Huh. Now, apparently, they're ditching the free food from the city in favor of buying their own. Where did they get the money to buy their own food, you might ask? <laughs> we, the New York Post have been watching them. They saw several migrant families hauling groceries into the Roosevelt Hotel this week. Strollers stacked with boxes of Cheerios and cornflakes, bags filled with chips, bread, pasta. One person tweeted out, I reject your ability to eat. Seriously, if you're turning down free food, I don't care if you starve. And I think that's pretty pretty much the sentiment. Thousands of these taxpayer-funded meals, uneaten, tossed in the trash every day. 
Well, I don't, I don't know why we're feeding them. Why feed them? Don't feed them anymore. The hell with them. We've got a law firm that has told Harvard it's no longer going to recruit lawyers from their law school. The Harvard Law School has just lost any pipeline it may have ever had to the Edelson PC law firm. The founder of that law firm, Jay Edelson, penned a letter to Harvard's director of recruitment and said that our firm will not be participating in their upcoming spring interview program. So no opportunities to interview your students. And they will also skip a larger on-campus campus interviewing event in August, according to the media that reports. Edelson told the uh, Reuters media in an interview that the event is where major law firms often hire many of their summer associates. But they're not going to do it. He said they decided this because of the how Harvard and its president, Claudine Gay, are handling the aftermath of her disastrous testimony, of course. It's a public relations nightmare, he said. And since Harvard's top brass backed her on this, we don't want to hire any of their students. Good for you, Mr. Edelson. Good for you. I'm guessing that law firm won't be the last one that makes a decision like that. What, what do you think? I really don't think it will be. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Hey, the Pope has considered resigning, including uh, talking about good things. Now, he's considering it. He hasn't done it yet. But he just got over pneumonia, apparently. And he's been making detailed plans for his funeral. Says he wants to be buried in the Rome Basilica of St. Mary Major and not in the grottos of the Vatican like the other popes. He'll be 87 this week. He never thought about resigning this year despite a series of health scares, but now he is thinking about it. Well, then do it. I don't think you'll have one objection from any member of the Catholic Church anywhere if he resigned today. I can't imagine a Catholic who thinks this guy is good for the church or good for the image that the church wants to project. That is, that we don't hide pedophiles and that we don't get our nose inside of politics. It's not a place where the Catholic Church belongs. He claims that he prays and asks the Lord to say enough, and at some point, when he wants me to, he will. I hope the Lord is saying it now. Please listen, Pope Francis. Listen a little closer, would you? I think the Lord is not only whispering it, but shouting it. Resign. And the Lord might even add, you SOB, resign. The church can't get rid of that guy fast enough. But here's my bet. Knowing that everyone in any of these positions of power have runaway egos, and that includes members of the clergy, He will not be resigning ever. 
I mean, ever. Did you see where the uh, Senate staffer was having gay sex inside the uh, Senate building? The chambers? As one person tweeted out, they call us deplorable, yet they're making adult films in the Senate chambers. They have topless, uh, topless activists on the White House lawn. Remember, we saw that video. They have a male staffer stealing women's luggage at airports. We remember that. They have a man dressed as a woman in a leadership role for children's health. They found drugs in the White House. The president's son is under investigation for multiple felonies. They refer to women as birthing people. They defend men and women's sports in school. So who are the real deplorables? That's put very well. That's a very good question. Who are the real deplorables? It does sound like a, a sound a lot like they are. Six three six three four eight forty four sixty is our line. Six three six three four eight forty four sixty. If you want to jump in, but that's interesting, isn't it? We're the deplorables. Remember I said that these liberals want to destroy our country, and it follows up with this point. Why is Mark Zuckerberg building a fortress in Hawaii? It's a massive compound. It's on Kauai. It's got an escape hatch and a massive doomsday underground bunker. Now, why is that? Total cost, $270 million plus. 5,000 square foot subterranean bunker with living spaces, mechanical rooms, and a ladder to an above-ground escape hatch. <laughs> what does he know that we don't know? Fascinating, isn't it? Why would he be building this kind of a place? And are others doing the same thing? Or is Zuckerberg just a paranoid sissy guy? I know I called him a guy. Probably shouldn't have. Because, God forbid, as Peter Griffin said, that we would call a boy a boy. Can't have that from the, the group that allows men to compete against women in organized sports because they care so much about women. Remember, always remember, if you're a woman going to the voting booths in the fall, next fall, always remember that the party that told you that they're for you allows men to compete against you in sports. I think that's an important talking point for Donald Trump. Remind everybody how you would never, ever allow that. And also pound home the fact that you would never have allowed for this reconciliation memorial to be taken down. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Congress voted to remove it, but Biden was the one who originally stated they, he wanted it out. This was dedicated by President Calvin Coolidge in 1924. That's how long it's been there, almost 100 years. 100 years. 
And it was the most important work by the Jewish artist Moses Ezekiel. But, but they don't like Jews, so the hell with him. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Every U.S. president, starting with William McKinley, placed an honorary wreath at the memorial's base in a formal ceremony every year. And then they started to stop it all after George Floyd's death. Can you imagine this? Who is next? Literally, who's next? George Washington? Thomas Jefferson? Are they going to be removed from society and from history? Well, if these people have their way, the answer is yes. Without a doubt. That'll wrap us for today. Don't forget at noon, we're in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Kings Court Sports Show on 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.